Hi, James. Ben, how are you? Good. Long time no talk to. It has been. It it feels like forever. So we forgot to mention on the last episode that uh, my usual summer foray uh, ar- around the world, mainly back to Wisconsin, but was about to kick off, which makes it very difficult to to do our regular recorder recording. So our apologies to everyone who has been eagerly awaiting the the next episode that that we are late. It's uh, it. it- always amuses me how uh, the closer we get in time zones, the harder it is to make the recording work. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So, uh, anyhow, uh, last year we didn't do any uh, during the summer. So this year we're trying to do a few, but uh, for sure we're not going to have one the two weeks after this, and then we'll try to do another one in August. But we're, we're trying to just you know stay around a little bit but just for logistical reasons it's tough to keep up so i thought be, given that we haven't done it for a while and we're not gonna do it for a while we could kind of take like a summer spectacular approach uh, approach here i think that sounds pretty good it, there's uh there's been plenty to talk about over the past couple of weeks that's for sure there has been there has been and we'll probably get like stuck in one thing and never move on but but we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see how this goes kind of jumping around a little bit <laughs> sounds like a plan Cool. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of getting mired in the mud, uh-huh. uh, I did. W- I did want to do some follow up on the the article I wrote this past week about about Facebook and Facebook Live. Mm. <laughs> don't don't give me that grimace of pain. Oh, well, it used to be you that didn't want to wade into Facebook and talk about it, and now I think you've you've swapped that uh, reluctance over to me. But let's go for it. Come on. Oh, so there's one thing I really wanted to kind of uh, I, I so in the article I wrote about you know Facebook Live and obviously it, it, it's it's the incredible impact it's already having on the news and and the the starting point was the uh, you know, the the shooting of Philando Castile after a after a traffic stop when his 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 girlfriend filmed the filmed the aftermath and. And obviously, just yesterday there was the 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 coup in Turkey, attempted coup in mm, Turkey, which right. again had people streaming, you know, lots of Facebook Live streaming and stuff like that, and Periscope as well. But I think yeah. Facebook Live is really you know proving to be be kind of as expected the monster here. And I wrote about you know that Facebook with the shift from being just a a aggregator of the news to actually being a newsmaker, you know. Like for their own sake, I think they need to be a lot more clearer about their editorial decisions, a lot more transparency for fear of it being imposed on them, kind of like it was imposed on like broadcasters back in the day. So I I don't I I suspect we're generally on the same page as that. And and (laughs) the parts are not the same page. We probably don't. We can't get mired too much in the muck because our summer spectacular will be ruined. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. In fact, I think. I think the place that you uh, landed in that article was the place that I've been a big advocate. Uh, I think actually, to be fair, we've been a big advocate for all along. Um, I know that I've probably come at it from a slightly different perspective from you in that um, that, that a lot of what's showing up right now is the algorithm. Well, what's determining what shows up in the newsfeed is the algorithm. Um, but I've I've like often asked the question: What happens if people start tinkering with that in a way that that has something other than engagement as the top priority? But uh, regardless, your pushback has always been 
uh, well, what do you want to do about it? Do you really want governments intervening? Do you really want uh, someone coming along and saying what's acceptable as free speech or how to balance it? And I think that pushback's always been fair. The, the solution that I felt that has always been the best approach to um, balancing all these different uh, competing interests has been transparency because if every if, if you're transparent about the way that you deal with things like that, it gives people much less of an uh, I mean the extent to which the 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 algorithm and Facebook in general is now having such a broad impact on the news and people recognize it. That's what was going on with that Glenn Beck thing. And the the right wing news in uh, the right wing media uh, going to meet with Facebook uh, those months ago, like people recognize it's really important, but they don't know what's going on, and it boils down to this: Do we trust them? Don't we trust them? And that's when governments start to get involved. And I think the the transparency approach about just being completely open and honest about the way they're going to deal with issues like this. I think that's a really good way of of of, of balancing all these different priorities. Right. And, and, and Facebook, it should be noted, and I, I wrote about this, they, they have taken some uh, or at least one important step in transparency, creating this document called Newsfeed Values, which, mm. you know, I, I think people are, are – it's a big deal. It really is. And no, they're not detailing how the algorithm works, nor, nor probably should they, right? I mean the problem with that is then it opens it up to gaming and people trying to take advantage of it and stuff like that, which is already always a problem. It's always mm -hmm. been a problem for Google. It's a problem for Facebook. But just being super clear about – you know, so in the newsfeed values, number one, friends and family come first. Uh, then also your featured inform, also your featured entertain, and probably the most pertinent to what you're talking about is is that it's a platform for all ideas, and they're being super explicit that they're not in the business about picking which issues the world should, should about. It, it's based on 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 you and, and that sort of thing. And we've both expressed our concern with that and what that means for people only seeing you know, stories that they, mm. that reinforce their perceptions. And so we don't need to like get back into it. Right. But I, even, even if what they wrote, I don't necessarily think is like the best thing for society or whatever. The fact that this document exists, I think is very meaningful. And that's what made the, this video thing frustrating for me as a Facebook observer was it went down for an hour and then it came back and all they would say was, is a technical glitch and it's problematic in, to my mind that in this important piece of news, this this like central thing, something happened to it and Facebook will not tell us a single thing about what happened to it and how would it, might it happen in the future? Like what steps are they putting in place to prevent this from happening? Like they, it's like they're taking, it was like they took a nice big step forward with this document and then by refusing to to document what happened with something really important and meaningful and just calling it a technical glitch, it was a step backwards. And I was disappointed in that. Again, leaving aside the the actual content of their transparency, the, the just being transparent, whether you agree with it or not, I think is is super important. And I I, I both encourage and discourage, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, a friend once said something to me that really stuck with me that every uh Every sign you see on the side of the road was an accident that once happened. And this is how I, I think what happened here is how simple th three principled documents go to 
um, many volumes of lore in, inside a typical society because the, I, I think the document, the fact the document exists is, is fantastic as well. The, the issue is that it's, it's always open to interpretation and different human beings will in, interpret it different ways. And you say, uh, I mean, it says rather that uh, this is a platform for ideas, but that, 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 ideas uh, uh, for, for as long as there have been people ideas have pushed the boundaries of uh what is and what is not accept, uh, acceptable and uh this is this is one of them where this is a this was something that was really important to society to get broadcast but uh taken out of context pr- probably by someone in the philippines who's um, who's observing um, like the, the reporting mechanisms for Facebook? Like they have a whole bunch of folks. I think they're in the Philippines checking to see whether uh, the content is graphic in nature or whether it's likely to offend or something like that. They probably took it down as a result of that. And it's 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 all these tensions coming to light in a single incident. And it it, it is really a fantastic illustration of of how difficult this topic is, but how important it is to get it right, all, all boiled down into one specific instance. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's that's exactly right. And to be clear, uh, there are these facilities in the in the Philippines. Uh, it it's presumed that Facebook uses them, but Facebook's never confirmed that. Just 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 to be clear, like, mm. but there there. But yes, it's widely known that the, that these sort of things are used. Uh, it, no, I think I think that's I think that's good, and it, that gets at one more point. That I love your point that you know, yes, you figure stuff out after it happened in some respects, like your signs along the side of the road analogy. Mm. I think that that's a great one. I, it's concerning that Facebook. There doesn't seem to be any evidence that Facebook thought thought about this. I mean, I went back and read this you know this big BuzzFeed profile of of Facebook Live when it launched, and I went back and watched rewatched Mark Zuckerberg's. Uh, keynote at, at F8 and his live video when they launched it. And they're talking about all these use cases, like someone snowboarding down a hill or like bald eagles or like stuff like that. And and they talk about, oh, they, they got 150 engineers over a weekend to start working on this. Like where were the 50 like policy people and law people like that that to think through the implications of this? Like maybe they existed, but I sure would have liked to have heard more about that. And frankly, there doesn't, this suggests that those weren't there and the, and the lack of there being sort of a sort of document. And yet maybe that's a thing that now that they've screwed up, they will or not screwed up, but now that they've um, experienced this. Yeah. Yeah. Like that will happen, but it gets, it gets at, you know, a broader point of the, the tendency for tech companies to focus on the technology and yeah. to not think through ahead of time the real-world implications of what they're building, not think through ahead of time the potential bad things that could happen. Like You have to model out all these potential scenarios before you build it. And, and what's the thing is engineers are great at doing this from a technical perspective, right? They will think through how might this fail. Like They'll build in yeah. like safeguards and secondary systems and all this sort of stuff. Like That's the exact same approach you need to take, but from a from a societal perspective, from a from a, uh, a policy perspective, you have to think through how can this go wrong, and I guess it's fr- it's frustrating because you kn- the capability is there because they do it every day from a te- from the technical side. It's just the the appreciation of it being important is not there. So it's funny you say that because as you were, I was I was beginning to. 
So one of the things I love about Silicon Valley is that it's willing to push the boundaries that lots of other industries would would typically not push. And as you were saying that, I was wondering that if this was a more traditional uh, company in a more traditional industry and it had those 50 um, folks uh, sitting down thinking about the potential impacts of this from all those perspectives that you described, I actually wonder whether the product would have seen the light of day. And that's, that's such a great point. I, on some level, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that they didn't think they didn't think through it because I, I, it's like rather than bald eagles or or skiing down a slope or something or some other thing that Facebook is. Uh, typically used for to demonstrate to the world how fantastic my life is right now. It was used for something that had a really powerful, uh, it, it, it was powerful, it was impactful, this is relevant to society. And um, I, the, the, the bias towards letting things go out and giving people a voice and not censoring people, like I think that's a fantastic thing. I think um, I think the the struggle I have is is the point that the the point that you highlighted, which is or, or the presumed point, which is someone who is doing filtering based on explicit content saw this, thought, oh my god, we can't have this up, and took it down until it w- made its way up into. And again, we're all we're presuming this. We don't actually know what happened, but it made its way up up the uh, up the chain inside of Facebook, and they're like, actually, no, this is something that the world needs to see. We need to. <laughs> We need to turn it back on. Yeah, it's a really great point. I'm glad you made it. And I think you're right. Like there, and it's actually, this is actually gets to the reason I did want to talk about this on the podcast because there's, Mm. I think there's a deeper implication of Facebook Live. I I think we both, kind of the presumptuous Facebook Live was, was not just a potentially compelling product, but also kind of a response to Snapchat mm. and the idea that uh, this being raw and unfiltered and, and and being aware that's something that Snapchat has tapped into. It, it, but what's what's interesting is I, I've written for going on uh, a couple years now about this kind of th- this existential question facing Facebook with regards to the newsfeed in particular. And this gets back to why this document came out and then doubling back on friends and family and stuff like that. Like Facebook came to prominence by being a, a social network. You know, mm. in your family and friends and and sharing baby pictures and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and that's something that clearly when you go back and read about you know or you just listen to what 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 Mark Zuckerberg says in particular like that's still that that's what mm-hmm. drives them and they're terrified of losing that like they're yeah. terrified of losing that that social the socialness like the, the, that aspect of it but at the same time the value of facebook is arguably coming from it being the best place to get professionally produced content right i mean professionals are professionals for a reason they do a good job of like making stuff that you want to read and see and facebook's a great place of giving you the sort of content that you like you're gonna you're gonna get you know suck away 30 minutes or whatever sitting on the bus and and that's really valuable and like they're they're like the, the gateway to the internet for the vast majority the vast majority of people, and that's a really great place to be combined with their ownership of identity. You know, it just makes it such an advertising powerhouse with with a lot of room still to grow. And it's like, but there's this tension. Like, what are, are we losing? What we're great at, and that's going to other networks like Snapchat, like the messaging clients, and things like that. But like, can we be both? Can we hold on to both? Or if do we need to make a choice? And with that document and when they re- kind of rejiggered the algorithm a few weeks ago, they seem to be saying, signaling, no, we're going back. We're like, we are reemphasizing friends and family. That's what we are. Like, even if 
we're become this killer news thing that we're going to demote that uh, slightly or however much it is. It's probably less than the journalists think and more than other people think. Right. And I, so they will just just say they 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 made that choice. But what's so interesting about the reality of Facebook Live mm-hmm. is Facebook Live is in some sense making the opposite choice, I think, mm-hmm. without them appreciating how that might have happened. Like Facebook as a news source, when they are actually producing the news and compelling news, and yes, Facebook Live is used for all kinds of things, and like it's it's actually really popular in Taiwan. Like the bloggers using it, like to like makeup tips and stuff like that. Uh, like that's probably what Facebook mostly envisioned, but that this other component has crept to the fore has almost cemented Facebook even more as the center of news, even though they kind of tried to choose the opposite, right? Like in like there's like this unintended consequence of Facebook Live that I'm not sure they anticipated. And it, it, to your point, that's kind of the risk of you just put it out there and see what happens with it because it doesn't always happen exactly what you intended. It's a good thing your pause back then, like uh, a minute ago, wasn't any longer than uh, it was because uh, yeah, uh, the the point that you just made was exactly the one that I was thinking about. That they, uh, I, I, didn't, I knew I had to cut you off. Yeah, you you did the right <laughs> thing. Um, the, the tension between these two things is so interesting. It it really is because the, you're exactly right. Two weeks ago, they backed away from this. At the same time, launching this product to head off an another product at the uh, a competitor at the pass and and even without them intending for this to happen it's kind of taking them back in that direction away from where they said they weren't going two weeks ago and I, I guess it's it's just also a function of the fact that they have um, such a large audience and really I mean you can draw a distinction between um, you can draw a distinction between Uh, personal stuff like the baby photos and professionally produced content. But I think really when you get down to it, people want to know stuff that's interesting to them. And uh, while your baby photos aren't going to be interesting to the world, they're interesting to me. And at the same time, like seeing this stuff happen in the US is really interesting to lots of people. And uh, if you step back far enough... The, the 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 way these th- the way a consumer engages on this content is like I want the most relevant content for me whether it's uh, seeing pictures of my friend's new baby or seeing seeing like or, like finding out the latest of all these tragic events that have been unfolding that that just seem to be coming thick and fast over the past two weeks and and, and I, given that's what the algorithm promotes and that's where this massive audience is on Facebook uh, it it on some level, yeah, that they might be trying to back away from it, but it actually doesn't surprise me too much that it keeps popping up. Does that make yeah. sense? No, it does. Like it, it's it's become something bigger than almost they can control in some respects, yeah. and it, it, it's interest. It's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think there, you know, that's gonna be something for maybe to your point. Facebook almost has to adopt a more reactive reactive stance to this i mean because it's so big and the audience is so powerful that you know like stuff stuff will happen and move the platform in ways even facebook didn't even didn't, didn't even intend and i don't know like this tension's been again i've been written about it for well over a year this 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 news versus like friends and family tension and in some like this is just like a new dimension here and and yeah, this idea that it might 
not be completely under Facebook's control, I think will be very, very interesting to watch uh, over the, over the next next few months. Yeah, I mean, I, I um. I mean, it obviously matters in the sense that they have to make the decision around how to um, populate the algorithm, how they or how they use the algorithm to populate the newsfeed. But people have been watching the news on television for ten like decades. They've been listening to it on the radio for decades. They've been reading newspaper for decades, and obviously, not everybody does that. And obviously, there's going to be a large segment of population that's more interested in the social stuff or the fun stuff. But at the same time, like all these things, they are, and this is a point that you've been making all along, all these things are competing for our limited attention. And it doesn't surprise me too much that the way this is panning out, given it can all land in one place, is that you do have uh, pictures of people's babies competing with news of a coup in Turkey, competing with uh, like a live feed of a video of, of someone who's been shot in, in the south of the US. Like these things are all things that are competing for our attention and uh, never at any one point in history has it been possible to put them all in one place and, and try and relatively rank them. But it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch how it all plays out. It will. It will. And, but, but the shooting was in the Midwest, as I have to uh, excuse as a Midwesterner. Me. Yeah, it's a fine. Um, <laughs> so speaking of weird collisions of stories, uh, which was Twitter over the over over the past week, uh, and, and Twitter's role here is is in, is interesting. I think there's there's an, a sense about Twitter's sort of like you know being so good at hard news and like how much is that connected to the product being hard to use and like it being hard to monetize i think there's probably more of a connection than than most people appreciate whereas you know mm. facebook is 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 more more controlled more safe and that 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 pays off in in all kinds of ways um but one of the implications is they're not as necessarily good at at like tracking breaking news even though they are breaking the news themselves but but what happened was so this this when the shooting happened um the same time there was uh, and it was the weirdest Twitter experience for like 48 hours. Uh, there's this collection of people, uh, these shootings, then protests, then the shootings of, of the police officers in Dallas, mm-hmm. and just the, these, this awful news going on. And every other tweet is about Pokemon Go. <laughs> like it was, it was kind of surreal, just like Pokemon Go and <laughs> like this. The, the, these awful events happening in the U.S. It, it, it was surreal. It's the only word, the word for it. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it really has been a, a crazy couple of weeks, hasn't it? Like when you when you think about everything that's happened, it's on on uh, <laughs> on one hand you have um, on one hand you now have a computer game where um, uh, kids are now saying to their mom, "I want to go outside and play computer games," and on the other hand you have all these tragic and i'm uh, like just the 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 scope and how rapid they seem to be rolling from one into the next whether it's been in the us or france and now turkey it's just been it's just been a complete contrast at at opposite ends of the spectrum yeah it, i it, and it's it's weird i mean there's so many obviously there's so many stories and people have read a ton of them about like the in tech, the impact technology and on all sorts of stuff, but but just to come just in context of the feed, I mean, bad things and good things have happened at the same time forever, mm, right? But you know, I think someone they're, they're, I can't remember who it is, but talked yeah, yes talked about how particularly with TV, it used to always be that 
what happened in your day-to-day life and your immediate surroundings was kind of the dominant thing. And occasionally the outside world would break through. Mm-hmm. And particularly with like with like the rise of cable TV and stuff like that, that started to shift where the all the events major or events of the world became kind of the dominant theme mm. in, in, of people's like uh information and local events would occasionally break through mm-hmm. and what's what's happening with this with with the, this feed is just kind of taking that to the extreme like th- there's no it's not not stuff's bad stuff has always happened good stuff has always happened but the degree to which it's just so much in your face and constant and inescapable it, like there, I, I tend to scoff on the like you know that the human brain can't handle these new things of information and blah 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 and, and there's probably something to it but in this case it does it just feels like having it right in your face like this is just a new it's such a it's just really come home to you exactly in the last two weeks and I, uh just to have these wildly extremely different stories you have all these heartwarming tales of like people meeting their neighbors for the first time and going on walks in the park and and finding pokemon and walking off cliffs <laughs> because they're <laughs> like someone said the, you know the darwin awards have the pokemon category now yeah but, but like combined with yeah it, it's it's i i i've no analysis here other than just say it's it's been crazy yeah, it has been a super intense two weeks. I think we should pick one of these things and go deep in it. Um, yeah, so po- Pokemon. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, well, you go first. You're, you're the one that's been. Uh, I wrote about the daily update, but I think uh, you're, you've been more more public about it. Um, I, that's interesting. I've been uh, public about some of the crazy things that have happened. Everything from the uh, everything from the. Um, uh, the the people getting robbed to I uh, so that you can drop these lures that attract Pokemon's and and there've been some really cool stories about um very entrepreneurial shop owners dropping lures inside their stores to get lots of people to come in and then selling them lots of stuff all the way to robbers doing the same thing out in the remote wilderness and people go out and then they ha- they were having their phones stolen but um. I watched a video this morning of what looked to be like a stampede in New York City of people all trying to, like people would just stop their cars and got out of their cars and started running to get some rare Pokemon. Now, I think it's um, it's a it's an awesome phenomenon. Um, and I was getting pretty close to writing about it, though stopped short because I, I, I couldn't quite find the angle. But I, I think the place that I've landed, while I haven't downloaded the game because the last thing I need in my life right now is another addiction, I think the <laughs> thing that I appreciate so much about this is it is a phenomenal example of bringing the beginner's mind to a new category. And one of the one of the recurring themes that we've talked about on this on on exponent is how when you have a new paradigm shift, what so often tends to happen is people take what take what worked in the previous paradigm and just jam it into the new one. So, so for example, um, advertising. You took you took full page newspaper ads and they became the equivalent of banner ads on um, uh, on the internet, and they didn't really work for a variety of reasons, which you've done an extraordinary job covering on Stratechery. Um, but it wasn't until people started figuring out things like native ads, whether it was Google or Facebook or BuzzFeed, that really the advertising side of, of, of the internet has really, really come to life. And I feel like Pokemon is a phenomenal example of um, 
uh, getting this right, I feel like up until this point, and to a greater or lesser extent, we can argue the degree of extent because there are there have been games that have obviously taken advantage of touch, or there have been uh, that have uh, that have taken advantage of the fact that you have a phone in your pocket and you just want to play something for ten minutes and then put it away. But I truly feel like this is the first game that's broken through that has uh, challenged all the fundamental assumptions around the device on which it's based to create a phenomenal gaming experience. Like this is a game, it uses the camera for augmented reality. It understands that you're going to be able to walk around with it. Um, like, and you can't walk around and play a PC game or a console game. You could only do that in mobile. And it's so cool that someone's come along and challenged all the assumptions around what needs to go into a game and what can make a great gaming experience for a new paradigm. And it, it to me, feels like the first, um, um, the first true mobile game that's like built to take advantage of of all the advantages that mobile brings. And I'm sure a, a sprinkle of um, the Pokemon franchise certainly helped accelerate um, <laughs> accelerate adoption. But that's what got me so excited about this. It's it's the sort of game that could only be be played on a phone. I think is what you're right. what, what, what you're what you're getting at. Yeah. No, I do I do think that's true. And like the, the I, I think it's unfair to say that that other games. And I'm not saying you were saying this, but to say that other games haven't taken advantage of because what's interesting is there, there's lots of aspects of the of mobile that are interesting, including like always updated apps, the mm. in app you know, purchases and transactions and some that's gone, but to your point, some that's like filtered back into consoles and filtered back into, mm -hmm. into PC games. And, and whereas you can't filter this back into, back into a console. I mean, Pokemon has been around for, for, you know, 20 years and it was always a finding component, but the idea of actually, you know, yes, consoles had like the Wii and 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 the uh, the Xbox thing, the connect, you were still locked into a space, right? And you need to have that mm -hmm. sensor bar. What, what's it, what's so interesting here is it. This is one of the. This is such a Nintendo, uh, Nintendo mm. game, and it's Nintendo in that Nintendo has always thought about the its software and its hardware holistically. Like in a very sort. Like this is kind of the part that that is very Apple esque in some respects, and and one of the m many reasons people people love the company, and where where they design their hardware and their games to be. To, to, to be the same thing. So like probably the most famous example of this is Nintendo six is Mario 64, Super Mario 64 on Nintendo 64, where they had this crazy controller, the three prong thing. And you, you had the first one with like with the analog control stick and you had the trigger button and then you had the A and B button and the yellow C buttons, which, and then Super Mario, the game was totally designed around that controller and vice versa. So those yellow C buttons were like controlling the camera and then your, your action buttons and moving around. And, and of of course, like now that that that's cliche and that's obviously how you do it. But at the time, like it was in it, it was just an in, in, incredible experience. I mean, the competitor was the PS was the PS one, which had whole you know just a regular control pad. Like they added on the the analog sticks later. But Nintendo coming out this new thing, and they've done the same thing. You know, with the Wii was is probably the other big example. But even their their other consoles, this idea of like hardware and software being fully being fully integrated. And that's exactly what this game is. It it is built for a phone, and it can only be built for the phone. It's leverages in all those sorts of ways, and it's very Nintendo like, which makes it all the more interesting that Nintendo didn't really build any part of the game. But 
but like because I mean it's built by Nintech by Nian Nintech Labs, like the, the Google spinoff. But in this case, the role for Nintendo, and I think the healthy thing for Nintendo, and what's encouraging for Nintendo, is not that they built this game, but that they had the maybe humility, whether forced on them or not, to recognize this was the perfect game for Pokemon. The per- And putting those two together would be dynamite. And clearly it's been way more dynamite than anyone anticipated. But I, I like, I want to emphasize that. Like, um, I think for a company that has always built its own hardware to um, not just the humility, but like, and I think there was a particular executive inside of Nintendo that saw this, that it clicked with him that he could take this engine and apply Nintendo's IP into it and that it would work like uh, like the foresight that of all the, there are, there are a hundred different ways that they could have gone, right? And this was this was the one they picked, and it's one of the first ones. Is it the first one they've brought to market on mobile? Um, no, they, the, they have like the me the me me mote something where you can like, use your me characters to chat. It's it's pretty so weak. so maybe number two. But the fact that they like had the insight that this was the right approach, and that they were willing to entrust some of their most valuable IP. I mean, it's probably not quite up there with Mario, but it can't be far off to. Um, to uh to this bet and they bet big and uh, i mean i think it's an absolute credit to them that they've managed to pull it off because for an organization to uh, with with a a traditionally very conservative culture traditionally used to controlling everything to not only let that go but to identify the right um the right engine to go with and to trust their ip in the way that they did i i mean that's a that's a big thing for them to do this. And I, I think they deserve all the success that they're experiencing right now for being willing to risk something like that. Yeah, well, the big question is, did, did was this a happy accident or have they fundamentally, like, pivoted like in the way they think about this stuff like because i mean their 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 stocks up like now i think it's up to like 50 it's up like 50 percent since the game watch like some crazy number and people are like oh no matter like pokemon could never monetize to justify that much well no that's missing why the stock is going up the reason the stock is up is the the hope slash anticipation that nintendo really understands mobile now and the power that their their ip their ip has i mean the reality is in a world where there's so much information we just talked about the cost of facebook why is facebook so powerful because they're they're a manageable feed on this fire hose of that just overwhelms anyone Mm. the power to break through that you know, we've talked about the, the 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 jungle analogy, having the having the tall trees and then watch the brush at the bottom, right? Like Nintendo's IP is among the tallest of all the tall trees. It mm. it, it 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 resonates. It's real. The it's it, it's it has nostalgia. It has the just twenty years of people like playing playing Pokemon and like watching the TV show and and all the sorts of stuff that that has. Like if they can actually approach their portfolio not from a we have to create the experience but we have to figure out how we can leverage our ip whether that means partnering or doing with other people if they they apply this regularly with all their with all their ip like 
I mean, Supercell sold just sold to Nokia for ten billion dollars, and they had to build all this stuff. They had to build up their IP themselves, and they and they and how much more could could Nintendo do? But obviously, there's we only have one one sample case. We don't know how much they looked into it and how much is a real kind of genuine change in change in direction. So I, I think um, <laughs> I think that's an excellent point. And I uh, the if they weren't thinking about truly pivoting to mobile, the one thing that all this success is going to do, I mean, there's nothing like a big success like this to start to change a culture and change the way that people think about things inside an organization. And uh, I, I think the fact that this is done so well and the stock is up 50%, uh, does bode super well for uh, f- for them thinking about approaching uh, approaching the future in a similar way. The other point that I wanted to make, though, was it's um, IP. We've often talked about starting new things as or, or starting in a new area as requiring a fire starter and then something else that ends up sustaining the blaze. And I think the IP is absolutely critical as a fire starter. Um, when it comes to gaming, though, the fundamental gameplay is the thing that keeps people there. And it's interesting, and you did this in your article, um, it's interesting to compare uh, Nintendo's success with very few rolls of the dice with Activision, which also is a company that has a lot of fantastic IP in the gaming space. And they did not, I feel they did not anyway, approach the gaming, the mobile gaming market with that same beginner's mind that I think Nintendo did here. And they've used their IP to bring games to market. And the IP is definitely drawing people in. But the fundamental gameplay dynamics, it's just, it feels a lot like, in most instances anyway, it feels a lot like a port of a PC or a console game down onto a smaller screen. And people kind of get bored with it. Um, And so they have these massive early, like they release the games, there's this massive early hit um, of people downloading it and engaging with it. And then it it just drops off. Whereas it, to me at least, does not feel like uh, so far this Pokemon thing is going to be a flash in the pan. It feels like it has real legs. And I think that speaks to not just using great IP, but also getting the fundamental gameplay dynamics right. Yeah, I agree. And we'll see, I mean, we'll see how on the Pokemon Go things. I mean, but even if it settles down to like 15% of its current active users on a steady state, like that's going to be hugely successful, right? I mean, just, right. It, it's, such, it's such a phenomenon. But yeah, no, I, 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 re- I really kind of weighed this out because Activision bought King, uh, the the makers of Candy Crush uh, for mm-hmm. like five, $5.6 billion or something uh, last year. And I wrote about this at the time because the both companies had it, – it, I thought it was actually a good acquisition. I thought the price was a little steep, but I thought it was, it, it was an acquisition that made sense from a, wait for it, synergy perspective. <laughs> and <laughs> what do I mean by that is like, yes, to, to build in mobile gaming, like it's no longer the – Get a huge blockbuster, get a ton of marketing behind it, and make all your money on like first week sale. Like like the movie model is kind of like how vid- mm. traditionally video games made money. The the way you make money on mobile in particular is over time, it, it, and you you have to be free up front. You have to have a sustained strategy, and you have to have that gameplay hook that that mm. keeps you that that keeps you coming back. And and the the percentage of you know, the, call them digital whales that that actually make a game make a game its money. And in this case, you had King who at least in one case, had figured that mechanic out. But they'd watched tons of other games. The only ones that ever got traction were the ones that sound were very, very similar. They like said Candy Crush, they like Candy Soda or, or Soda or something like that, like was the other one that, 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 that was 
particularly useful. And so you, they have this idea where they, theoretically they have, at least theoretically, they have this engine that works, an engine from an economic and gameplay perspective, not necessarily like a mm. graphics engine. And on the other side, you have you you have Activision who had all these titles and you could go and look at the, the charts for all these titles that they would launch and they would have like one day at number one or in like the top three and then just plummet down. And, there, and you, particularly in the grossing side, like they, there was no sustaining there. And so the potential synergy of that acquisition, we'll see how it turns out, um, is that you leverage the IP to br- get the initial base and then you leverage the know-how about the f- how you game on mobile to make them long-lasting and actually success- successful businesses. And th- w- one thing, and to go back to Nintendo, th- the one thing that has g- given me the slightest bit of faith about Nintendo is there a year ago when they announced they were going to to start doing mobile games they were partnering with this japanese company called dna and everyone's like why are they giving away like 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 because they 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 did a stock sort of swap thing and like why are they this other company and it but it was it was is because Nintendo knows one way to do games and that way doesn't work on mobile. And they were smart enough to not just port more Mario to the iPhone mm. with some crappy touch controls. Cause, and, and, and the, uh, Satoru Iwata, the, the uh, unfortunately deceased longtime president and, and CEO of, of Nintendo, he said something to that effect. He said, the, I'm quoting him, the value of content can easily be deflated in the digital world, especially on smart devices. It's not easy to maintain content value since the lifespan tends to be very short as much content is released and then replaced so quickly. And what we had to do is we have to put ourselves in the best position to prosper. And that press conference is actually really remarkable in that it's one of the it's one of the best articulations and like analysis of mobile mm-hmm. gaming. And it and it was a this from a company that everyone has said has has failed on has failed on mobile and failed in the sense that they haven't even participated. And mobile's eating their lunch because they were always folks of the casual gamer, you know and. That's what mobile took away, leaving extreme gamers, which Nintendo had done a bad job serving. But they, there's value sometimes in just not like it's almost the opposite of like the Facebook, like put something out there and figure out how it goes. Like when you're just given the, the asset, at least they figured out like they were very cognizant of the problems. And and even if it took them a while to to break through in this way, like <laughs> there's this tweet, Aaron Levy, uh, CEO of Box and great yeah. tweeter. He had this tweet, Nintendo's mobile strategy, 2008, what's an iPhone, 2010, what's an Android, 2012, nope, 2014, still no, 2016, change how society functions. (laughs) But like, the the one thing that, that gives me faith that this isn't just an accident that Nintendo fell ass backwards into is that press conference. And they're clear, they clearly understood what a threat mobile was to them, not just from a, again, not just from an attention perspective, but from a, the way games work on mobile are just different than they work on consoles. And Nintendo didn't know how to, to handle that. And in this case, their response was to partner, which is fantastic. Like that, that that, again, that humility and admission of what you don't know frees you to maximize what you are great at. It's, uh, I would, I would go, I mean, I I think it's implied, but just to state it explicitly, I would go further than what you said. It wasn't just the threat that mobile presented. It was also the opportunity that it presented. And just as you were talking, having Activision in the back of um, my mind as the contrast of how to approach it, which is literally to take 
the the all the cultural elements that had made the company so successful in the previous paradigms and just uh, just try and drop them into the new one, like business model, um, uh, gameplay models, all of those things, just try and port them. And it, it, by viewing, if you viewed how those games had done from a success, uh, from the from how you judge success in the previous paradigm, it would appear that those games had been super successful, massive downloads, massive engagement at the start, um, lots of money at the start, and then they just trail off, which is exactly, um, that's exactly how you competed in the previous paradigm. And uh, to contrast that with uh, Nintendo's approach, which was to go completely to the opposite end, it's like, uh, not we, we recognize that all the things we've learned are not going to work in this new paradigm. But not only that, if we take that approach, we are going to massively devalue all this incredibly valuable IP. We're just going to throw it out there. We're going to get the same results as Activision got, like lots of downloads at the start, lots of buying at the start, and then it just disappears. And we only have a, a very limited number of these very valuable franchises. Yeah, you can only fire so the bullet we, like once. Yeah, so we need to get it right. Like the contrast between those two approaches, like just just like the comparison between the two companies and the two approaches and what would have happened to Nintendo had they not done all these things that you just described, it's it's so instructive. It it is. It's like you you like not to use my favorite word, but but you hesitate to over-index on this one game success because I mean as funny as as Le- Levy's tweet is, like he's chronicling eight years, right? Eight years yeah. of com- of complete inaction, and and there is certainly a critique to be levied that you know they they oh. about about moving move, moving too slowly to say the least. But at the same time, like I mean, go back to the iPhone itself, right? I mean, Microsoft yeah, launched years, Windows right? Mobile in 1999, and it was as you you wrote that great that great post a while ago like they literally took the start menu from the desktop and they put it on a phone like it was like a right. perfect port and that w- what happened eight years later uh, i mean it's a coincidence but it's eight years again eight years later apple comes out with a mobile phone that starts from first principles and mm. and and starts out with so apple has this great IP they they have the OS 10 operating system right that 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 has they've spent the last decade building it out and developing it and instead of taking that whole thing they figure out what is the part of this that mm. can provide the foundation going forward and then what do we need to make new to fit this new sort of thing like that's kind of what mm. happened here like in this case what what Nintendo took was frankly a skin right this is a skin on ingress like nintex mm-hmm. earlier game i mean that's simplifying it to an extent but but the, i guess the the thing though is and maybe and maybe it took eight years for nintendo of of in the wii u the wii u disaster uh to again humility is very hard to to make these sort of decisions where we're not going to build the game we're not going to do it ourselves mm. we're not going to do these sorts of things we're going to do a partnership deal and, and we're going to own part of the company and Google's going to own part of the company is all, all this sort of stuff. And all the but, pressure associated with that, like all the press, you're failing, like you, you've got no hardware, where's Mario, like your stock price is in, the, is, in the, is in the tank, like all this pressure at the same time and to hold your nerve is just incredible. 
Well, I mean, again, I, I'm hesitant to praise them too much because to what extent were they holding their nerve and then they they moved when the time was right? And what extent was it they were they were especially coming off the Wii? They felt like we got this. Like, and I think the Wii U was such a mistake. And it was a mistake that was driven by the Wii. It was driven by, by I mean, because the Wii succeeded because it attracted casual gamers who, uh-huh. it, who had never gamed before. And what I think Nintendo didn't appreciate, at least for a very long time, is that that market is utterly and completely gone because gaming uh-huh. on a mobile device is good enough for the casual right. gamers. They're not going to drop $200 or $250 on a, on a console. And so Nintendo's market was gone. And so I hesitate to praise them for holding their nerve when I suspect a big part of it was was them being stubborn and having to be humbled. But again, that's when that's when change can happen with companies. It's right. so it's so hard to change when you're successful. And you made the point earlier, like the the power of Pokemon's Go success, even if it does peter out, is the effect it will have on Nintendo itself. And the people in the company who are pushing for a mobile strategy are going to be dramatically empowered now. And just as the people who were pushing for the Wii U strategy have been dramatically weakened, right? Like that's how you don't snap your fingers as a CEO and make a change. Like you, you, you're, you're, it's all tied up in external forces and what actually happens and, and who actually succeeds and who doesn't. It, it takes a long time. It does. But, you know, hey, this is a company that started out with, with trading cards in, in like 1890s. Mm. Like they, they do know how to last a long time and how to pivot, even if it takes a really long time to do so. That's true. I mean, I, um, I don't follow the console gaming market as closely as a lot of folks, but that Wii U example, I, I, it's, it, you know what? The truth probably lies somewhere in between us, which is that they were being stubborn. They thought they could just repeat it with this device and it failed. But in terms of like that was a necessary thing for the company to go through to open their minds to be, okay, like this approach of hardware perhaps isn't going to work. And maybe we need to recognize that our market has moved on to uh, in, from a hardware perspective, they've moved on to all these phones and people aren't going to buy a specific piece of hardware to play casual gaming because they are casual gamers. And now we need to figure out how to make this work on a mobile device. Yeah, I think there's something to that. And because like the the, the thing with the casual market and the general market is it's the most valuable because it's massive, right? Yeah. And, and, and Nintendo still sold Wii U to like hard, like super hardcore gamers who had to play Mario, right? And and the Mario game on Wii U is great. Like, uh, but that th- you can't sustain. It wasn't it wasn't big enough, and they didn't have the partnerships again, like like that Sony and Microsoft did, or or to to, to to build a sustainable strategy there. No, it, it's fascinating and, and how this change happens. And it's one of those things where, where I think, did you write about this? Like the second swing of, you wrote about this a little bit ago in that article with Windows, like the second swing of the bat. Like sometimes if you're, yeah. if you're strong enough and you have inherent strengths, the best thing that can happen to you is to miss one wave because it, it allows you to look at the next wave without, we have yeah. nothing to lose. It's like Amazon. Blessing, it's Amazon and the Echo. It, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, the blessing of failure. Um, I was. Uh, yeah, it was. It 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 seems like another example of that. Um, that it's so rare for a company to dominate successive waves, and it's almost like you need to fail in order to come at it with that fresh set of eyes. And it it feels a little bit like that's what's happened here. 
Yeah, and you know what? To take this to take this full circle, and again, like I, I'm hesitant to 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 again over index on Pokemon Go because it's a it's a it's clearly a phenomenon that's far greater than anyone ever anticipated. Who knows if it'll sustain? Who knows if Nintendo will actually change? You know, and so like we could look back at this podcast in six months and and and, and grimace, but just the the concept's interesting. And to take it full circle to the Facebook thing, like th- I mean, the Facebook Live, like I've. Uh, I've been a pretty big skeptic about it, uh, particularly as a response to Snapchat, because to me, like every time Facebook does stuff in direct response to a social mm. network like rival, it it ends up turning out badly. Like the whole trending news thing with the whole in the in the uproar about that, that was a terrible attempt to compete with Twitter, and the the product sucked all along, and no one looked at it, and all it has done is caused trouble for them, right? Like the the. It, trending news was not worth that scandal like a, a few months ago like that undid everything about it and the whole reason it existed is because they were annoyed that twitter was known for trending news mm, like even mm-hmm. and like now this live video thing i disliked it as a response to snapchat because i think like the fact of the matter is snapchat found like facebook's soft underbelly which was facebook's always been representing your best self and that's why facebook is so valuable because you put up on Facebook, who you are and what you aspire to be and all sort of stuff. And they can use that to advertise against you. Like, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing business model. And Mm -hmm. like, there's a, and there's a trade-off with that. And Snapchat discovered the other side of that trade-off, which was, you know, you can, sometimes you don't want to be yourself and it's, and you just want to like send silly pictures to your friends. Other other way around, I think sometimes you do just want to be yourself, right? Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Right, right, and so and so, I dislike Facebook Live as a response to Snapchat because I've, the, the motivations to me were problematic, and I'm and it, it, and but maybe, maybe like it's it, it's maybe we'll end up being this big something. success. Well, in, in part because they miss that, right? And again, Facebook Live. Yes, a lot of it's going to be like private stuff and all that sort of thing, but its impact on on Facebook and its impact on the world is in its public nature. It's the fact that mm. 1.6 billion people are deputized right. to broadcast news all over the world in a platform mm-hmm. that's really easy to discover and use it and use it on. And it's funny, like their response yeah. to a rival that is killing them in private communications is to create this incredible public tool. It's like the blessings of failure, like in super time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it I, I think part of the reason that I've come to appreciate this product is because it feels more Twitter-like in nature. It feels more unfiltered. It feels more authentic, um, uh, and and that appeals to me. Or, or as you've uh, you've uh, you've poked me previously on that appeals to the perception that I want to project to people. But I, I appreciate that as a Facebook product more than traditionally what they've done for all the reasons you just described. But it is going to be interesting seeing how it plays out because, I mean, a similar parallel is um, is uh, LinkedIn doing these, um, uh, when LinkedIn decided to do the, uh, the content updates. And I wasn't, I mean, LinkedIn to me is this resume on the internet. Like this is, again, a professional version of a projected self. And sometimes there are things that I write that I do not want. Like I know you can search for them, but I like being provocative occasionally. And I don't want to piss someone off because I make a political statement who has happened to be in there looking at my resume and then they see that they don't agree with my politics and they shut me down. And it, it feels like there's a personal equivalent here that, uh, yeah, they've, they've, 
they've happened onto this, but there is that fundamental tension between uh, this projected self that you have and this very raw, unfiltered element to Facebook Live. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It will. It will. But I mean, again, what I'm what's so you know, I was trying to get this in the article this this week too is like I'm very curious if Facebook Live continues being a big deal and continues blowing up and again like the 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 thing with with, with Turkey last night and seeing that map of like all 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 the broadcasts going on and like this the the whole I mean not to get into like the history of coups and how they work and stuff like that but like the, you want to control the media in a coup like that's like super mm. critical and like and ironically enough because the Turkish you know president Erdogan is, is has tried to suppress social media to some extent but it it seems it at least played a role in the coup not succeeding because they couldn't mm-hmm. control the media because there was all the all there was this it was the internet at it, at its finest, like being fully d- distributed. The media was distributed and 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 could be occupied in all these all these different sort of ways. I mean, I think future coups uh, are, are going to target ISPs. Would, would be would be mm. my guess. Um, but there, to what extent, if if this Facebook Live continues and Facebook becomes, we everyone, all of us in the media already know about Facebook's power in the media and in the news. I, I don't know, and I say this as someone because I'm just not objective about this. I don't know to what extent normal people and and even politicians fully appreciate the power that Facebook has when it comes to the media. But when 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 Facebook becomes the newsmaker, when this stuff keeps happening on Facebook, it's going to become very apparent to everyone very fast that Facebook is a news company. And I'm very curious to see what that perception shift about Facebook in the broader public sphere, what impact that's going to have on, on, on the company going forward. And it, it's going to be a, a challenging thing for them to manage. They may think of themselves as a social network and the broader population may think of them as a social network. But if they start being thought of as the news like I think that's going to change the way people think about them, both from a, a popular perspective and from a, a regulatory perspective. I think that's exactly right. I, I think I think that's exactly right. And I, th- I think that the way that I've tried to get at that has been through um, has been through like the man in the machine, so to speak, like what happens if someone inside of Facebook decides to start abusing it? Um, but like this example is 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 just as powerful in demonstrating it because it happened organically, and I think the company would be uh, uh, would be wise to recognize that even if they don't want it to happen, it's going to happen, and that they need to get out in front of it, and how they can think about getting out in front of it so that when the when the 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 penny does drop with some of these folks, whether it's the broader populace or the politicians, and I expect that the penny will drop around the same time, that they're well positioned to uh, ensure that it doesn't end up being the case that people start wanting to put their grubby little mitts on the algorithm for their own benefit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And particularly in, you know, it's a global company. And so the U.S. obviously has, I mean, has the strongest, you know, generally free speech laws in the world. So it's probably not going to happen here. It's going to happen somewhere else. Mm. And it's, you know, I, I'm sure Facebook is, uh, I would hope they're cognizant and aware of this, but th- again, that's why, that's why I was, I was on that transparency point. I'm like, come on guys. Like yeah. you are, you are going to be transparent. The question is, is it going to happen on your terms? Or is it going to happen on someone else's? 
and right. and, and it, it's worth something for them. I I, th- I think to consider. And it's gonna be. It's I, I don't know. It feels like I just if Facebook Live. You can see it, it. It is. It's a new ladder, right? I talk about the ladder strategy. It's a new rung on the ladder where they are leveraging their the, their audience and the fact mm-hmm. that everyone knows the product and uses it to make something new. But that something new, it has the potential to fundamentally change what Facebook is. And yep. And are they ready for that? And does it matter if they're ready for it? Maybe it's going to happen regardless. And especially if it, they're not ready for it, especially if this is kind of accidental, the more urgency that they have to take now in like in getting ahead of it and being a cause of what's going to, of, of what this means and what the implications are. Yeah, it's interesting. Because as is so, sometimes when you when you move up those rungs of the ladder, you have to be willing to let go of, uh, like you ha- like as you move up the stack. Sometimes you have to be willing to let go of um, what was there before or deprioritize it. And it'll be, I mean, and I guess right. that's the tension. And we, we that- could praise companies doing it, doing it on perfect, like doing it intentionally, like Instagram did, or Netflix right. is, is one of the best examples, yeah. or Snapchat. But it, the scary thing is when. And I think what what is scary for from the Facebook perspective is if you go up a rung on accident, right? Yeah, and, right. And that that's in where the the world like we talk about the world changing and companies can't adjust because they're used to one way of the world. What what ha- I mean, I'm trying to think of an example. What happens when a company changes and they don't even and their fundamental product changes again? Maybe it won't happen. Maybe Facebook Live will end up just being a side note on the Facebook product, but. Uh, I I wouldn't I I wouldn't risk that being the case if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's interesting that you stumble upon a hit, but like the notion that you might choose to give it up to one of your competitors because you don't like the direction in which it pulls your platform. That's an interesting notion, and it's not one that I can think of examples of having happened before. Yeah, it, I mean, Facebook's not giving it up. I mean, they're very committed to Facebook. No, no, no. Live. But mean, should they clear. choose to in the future? Is is more what I meant? Like, okay, uh, we, we want to stay anchored in the social network, friends and family, and this is taking us. <laughs> we're suddenly getting into this a Twitter-like sphere of like breaking the news and and being being kind of uh, we're expanding into this area that we're not sure we like and maybe actually we don't want to do this anymore like that would be an interesting outcome yeah we'll see i mean i i i i'm i would be skeptical of that happening but you know because the other thing is it's so easy look at this oh it's so successful look at all the engagement going up and and to not appreciate Especially when you're in the middle of it, right? Your head's down, and you're and you're trying to make these mm-hmm. streams work and be reliable, and and you see these engagement numbers and all of the traditional metrics that you measure your business on are off the charts. Engagements off the charts. People stick with videos way longer than usual. Like like Zuckerberg rattled all these off at, at, at the F eight concert, at concert F eight keynote. But when you're not when you're in the middle of it, it might be harder to step outside of it and see that like you're in this like like this ball rolling down a hill and you actually you came to a fork in the road and you went maybe in a slightly different direction than you realized but your the, your distance from where you thought you were going is increasing and if you don't step out of that ball and and see that like you might end up doing making mistakes out of a, a, a sin of omission not a sin of commission because you didn't realize where you were in the context you were operating in following a pokemon off a cliff <laughs> how's that very good very good well we did not get to all our summer spectacular topics but um 
we will. Uh, I, I actually think the other one we want to talk about might be even more interesting uh, the next time we can meet, mm. especially once earnings come out. Uh, but we will save. We, we are we gonna are we gonna we will save it. I, you don't want to pre-commit something. Yeah. We're compelled to do. Yeah. It. No. No. That'll leave people with a cliffhanger. Yes, sounds good. All right, well, uh, sorry for forgetting to announce uh, our, our delay here, and we will not publish the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we will try to get one out in August, and then, of course, once we get back to September, we'll get in the regular regular uh, hang of things. Sounds good. Well, safe travels, and I will speak to you hopefully in the next few weeks. All right, sounds good. I'll talk to you later. See you, mate. Bye-bye.